You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about how to build clients if you're an independent trainer. So last week, we talked about building clients and what are some techniques and some strategies to do so if you work at a corporate gym. And here's the thing, all of those things still apply. So last week, we talked about showing genuine interest in people. Two, show genuine integrity in what you do. Three, express the value that you provide. And four, to ask for the sale. I think those are all still very applicable, but those are all things that you get to exhibit. You get to show to the members that are at the gym. So if there are you know a couple hundred people that come in over the course of a couple of days, they get to see you exhibiting character and integrity and showing value in who you are and what you do. But when you're an independent trainer, you don't get to show that to anybody because there's no membership necessarily around. You don't work necessarily at a gym that has memberships. You may not work at a gym at all. You may be doing in-home. You may be doing virtual. You may be going to independent training gyms and renting space from other people. So these kind of ideas aren't exclusive to building a business at a corporate gym. However, they uh, the the carryover is not the same. So there's different strategies for those that are independent trainers looking to build their business. So they all apply, but this is really for you now and how you run your own training business. And the great thing about being an independent trainer is that now you're making all the money that the clients were paying to the gyms. But there's a there's some downsides to it. So don't get too excited. Be like, I can't wait to go independent because they're paying the gym X amount of dollars and they're only paying me this. Well, I want you to think about this. The, uh, there's no gym providing clients when you're an independent trainer. Here are the cons. You ready for it? There are no gyms that are providing clients. There's no manager making sure that you're making phone calls and that you're doing your outreach and there's no... Uh, Insurance plan, if you're on your company's insurance, then, well, you don't have that when you're an independent trainer. There's no one pulling out your taxes for you. No one's taking out your taxes. You are now responsible for getting your own taxes done. No one is helping to develop you professionally. It's all on you. It's all on you. You have to build your business. You have to do the outreach. You have to uh, make the money. And and people start, and listen, I run an independent training gym. I, I own four of them with a partner in New York City. And here's the way I look at it. Throughout this entire process, since I've had gyms starting in 2014, people come in and they love it. They feel so rich. They're making all this money. And then they've got 20 sessions a week. And they're they're getting the full price for for those twenty sessions. So let's say it's a hundred bucks an hour, right? And they're paying me my fees. They're making seventy five bucks an hour, and that's so that's fifteen hundred dollars a week. That's fifteen hundred dollars a week. That is all yours, except for the part that you haven't taken out for taxes, right? And then eventually your clients. Maybe they disappear. Maybe they go on vacation. Maybe they move. And all of a sudden, 20 sessions a week is 16 sessions a week. How are you building those four sessions back? Or how are you progressing beyond the 20 sessions? 
Well, maybe then another client ends up uh, getting sick and they have to stop training or someone's pregnant and they stop training for a while. And all of a sudden you're left in a hole. What do you do? How do you build more clients? Well, I think the number one thing that you have to do before you can even think about taxes and accounting and independent clientele is you have to identify who this clientele is. Who is your target market? You should really focus on a target market. And you might say, well, Rick, I want to train everybody. I want to train everybody in everything. So I want to be able to do kettlebells and TRX and dumbbells and barbells and body weight, calisthenics and boxing and <laughs> But I also want to train all different types of people. Well, listen, I'm telling you that it's hard to market to everybody. It's much better for you to narrow your focus and focus on a smaller group. <clears throat> Do you want to work with women? Do you want to work with seniors? Do you want to train people in powerlifting? Do you want to do medical fitness? Do you want to focus on kettlebells? Do you want to focus on lifestyle? What do you want to focus on? Identify your target market, the person that you want to work with, the goals that those people want to accomplish. And when you can narrow that down, you can be much more clear on who it is that you want to work with. And it's hard to identify. It's hard to market to people when you don't know who to market to. And you can't communicate with everybody. So it's better to communicate with a smaller group of people. We, I, uh, this goes for like sales and stuff too. When you're looking at selling product, if you want to sell product, then you need to narrow your focus and say, all right, I really want to focus on gardeners for my fancy gloves. And you're like, all right, well, my fancy gloves, I want gardeners, but they're gym gloves and they can be this gloves and they're for anybody that wants gloves. But if you can get involved in the community of gardeners or you can get involved in the community of gym goers or involved in the community of weightlifters, like that then helps to escalate the sale of that product. So same thing with the clients that you want to work with. So I think you need to, first of all, identify who it is. What's the market? Is there a specific type of uh, client avatar, right? Who Who is this avatar? But also... This is very important, and a lot of times people just think that that other people do this, but I can't do this, and this is not true, and that is being active in your community, and that means being active. Let people know from your neighborhood who you work with and what you do. Let the people in the neighborhood know. Let the people in church know. Let local businesses know. Let the Parks and Recreation Department uh, and maybe set up a partnership through these municipal partnerships with the city to help build a relationship with the community with you as a professional that provides services. I like to think of like uh, the American Diabetes Association. So myself as a diabetic, I look at it and go, that's who I would partner with. That's who I would be active with in my community because that is vital to me. It's important to me. It means something to me. So same thing for you, American Heart Association. Why? Because I have a parent, family member, loved one that has heart disease or passed away from heart disease. Where can I make change and make a shift? Where can I provide? What is the community that I can tap into and start making change through what I do? So I think that's a it's valuable to be active in, in your community. And don't just say that's for other people. That is for you. That is for you. So create a resume. 
make phone calls, do outreach. Don't be afraid to talk to people and not about you necessarily, but about what you can do for them, what they get out of it and participate. Some of it might be complimentary and that's fine because the more that you have in your social media showing that you're working with these companies and these groups and you're setting up at some of these places, for instance, that are pretty sedentary uh, businesses in the city that you're in. And you say, can I come in and do a lunch and learn about physical activity, about sedentary behaviors, about movement, about exercise, about getting your heart rate up, about how to, to better use your wearables to hit and track goals. These are all opportunities to be a part of your community and to work with people so you get out there. And then the other thing, number three. So we talked about identifying one, who your market is, being active, number two, in your community. Number three, join a networking group. Now, there are lots of networking groups. There are, there are referral groups. Uh, one example in New York City and all throughout the country is BNI. And there are networking groups where, you know, if there's going to be uh, one personal trainer in that group, one attorney in that group, one accountant in that group, one contractor in that group, on and on and on. So there won't ever be two trainers. So if you get to be the trainer in one of these referral groups, then anytime those people hear that a friend is looking for a trainer, they're trying to get fit, they have uh, their doctor told them they need to start exercising. The people in that referral group can say, hey, I know a personal trainer. He's in my networking group. She's in my networking group. I think that she can really, you can really connect to her, him, and how um, and what you're looking to do. So that's a referral group. Other networking groups are, and I know this is weird because it seems like you wouldn't be a part of it, but the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce is simply a networking group for commerce, for the businesses within a community. I don't think you necessarily have to have a brick and mortar facility to be a facility, to be a business in the community. Where do you do it? Well, I work out of this location. I rent space or I, uh, I do um, uh, parks. I work in the park. I do uh, boot camps and different types of exercise sessions in the park, my one-on-one -on -one sessions in the park. What if it's cold outside? We dress more warmly. And we train in the park. I do in-home training sessions. I have a, a gym that travels with me and I can come meet you where you are. Whatever the case may be, whoever you are and what you do. But that goes back to the very first thing, which is identifying who you are and who your clients are. And then you set that up within the networking group with uh, your local chamber of commerce. So now all of these other businesses, when people are looking for somebody that's similar to what you provide, they can then refer you. Then there are special interest groups that you can join. These special interest networking groups might be things like uh, the Women's Business Center or the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce or Black Entrepreneurs or the LGBTQ plus uh, society where there is a networking group within your community. All of these are opportunities to network with other people that fit within your target market. I think the fourth one that we need to talk about is the importance of social media. And I think social media is, is very good when it's used well. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we, we may not get the followers that we want because we're not delivering a message necessarily. So what I suggest is if you don't have two different 
uh, let's say Instagram accounts. Like you need one for your business and one for your family, right? So if you're if you're putting in a bunch of pictures of your cat and you're putting in something about the hamster and then you post a funny meme and then there are pictures of your children and then there's you exercising and then there's another uh, cat video that you put, and then you wonder why nobody is signing up for personal training. That's because you're not treating your Instagram account like a business. So you need to have a, a business account and, and mine's mixed, but mine is mixed with a focus on maybe a little bit more of the business. And then I throw in important things in my life that I want to share, like getting my nails done with my daughter. I'm very happy that she chose black nail polish because this is my entry into getting my a manicure and getting my nails painted. And so if she had gone with hot pink or like a like a fluorescent orange, that would have that would have been a hard jump in spot for me to get my nails painted. But but it was totally worth it to share that moment and that experience with my daughter. And I'll post that. I'll post that within this this the context of my fitness page because then they get to look at me and they see a little bit more about who I am as a person because they know who I am as a fitness educator, as a gym owner, as a personal trainer, but also me as a person and with my family. So it's important to if if you're gonna be posting a bunch of and trust me, I I've changed. I don't I don't put any memes or anything on there. It's about the business. It's about the family, and uh, and that's where where I feel like I want to share. But I don't want to share everything about my family with all these people who I don't know. But I want to share some things with people that want to be a part of my process and what I'm doing. So with that, thank you. But then you got to be able to promote and advertise yourself. Listen, you've heard that phrase. It 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 takes. You got to have money to make money. You need to advertise. You need to promote yourself. And social media is an excellent and relatively inexpensive way to do that. So using your social media account to create a uh, an outreach, a promotional campaign to let people in your area that are geo targeted that are interested in some of the, uh, um, I don't know, the the interest groups that you're a part of that you can network to that feels like, oh, okay, those people that are interested in exercise, those people who are interested in gyms, those people who are interested, interested in fitness, all of those can be directly marketed to. Number five, wear your promotions. I know you're going to, you're going to buy shirts anyway, buy shirts and get something printed on it that that has your business on it, your shirt, your hats, car stickers, something, everything, all the above to let people know that you are in fitness, that you are a trainer. Because when you wear that shirt, you might be at Starbucks. So you might, who knows? You might be at Little Caesars. None of it matters. They see you wearing that and they're like, oh, you're a trainer in Little Caesars. And you're like, I am a trainer and I am Little Caesars because I like some pizza pizza. But if you're looking to get fit, then I'm more than happy to help you work on your movement. Um, you know, we're not demonizing food, but we are promoting movement and, and a healthy lifestyle. And I think a healthy lifestyle does include taking time to enjoy food and not always trying to demonize things. So I can pick up clients at a pizza joint, pick up clients uh, while walking in the park, doing your exercise in the park. They see that you're a trainer. 
Uh, they see that on your shirt. It says, you know, maybe it says trainer. Just straight up says trainer. Trainer. People ask questions. That's free. People ask questions. And if people start asking questions, that's going to mean a lot. A few years ago, when I was living in Atlanta, I lived in Atlanta um, two years, 99 and the year 2000. And when I was there, I worked at a couple of restaurants. I worked at a place called R. Thomas. And then I went right down the street to a place called Rocky's Brick Oven Pizza. And I was there for a while and they started rebuilding the bar. And for a little extra money, I was helping this guy who was a carpenter working on it. And I remember he said something pretty profound. He said, if you don't have your own equipment, you are not a business owner. He goes, the person that owns the equipment is the one that can hire the people because the other people don't have the equipment to do the job. And I was like, man, that's pretty deep. And then I think about that when it comes to fitness. Like if you don't have your own tools, you don't have your own business. Unless you're renting space, like people rent the gym from me. I provide the, the gym equipment, but I'm talking about if you're going in a home or you're doing stuff out in the park or you're traveling to meet people to do training, you have got to have the equipment. And here's the thing, like there's only so much that that hip loops or booty bands are going to allow you to be able to do. There's only so much that these really light pieces of equipment can do, but you can do a lot with them. What am I saying? I'm saying that you're going to get more benefit out of having the option to do multiple things, which is why it's great. But you can learn to, to minimize your equipment, make it so that you can take it with you. You can arrive at people's houses or you can arrive uh, at the park and you can do things by popping the, the trunk of your car and pulling out some tools. Now, uh, I, I had a, a guy that I trained with that, I mean, he straight up brought out a sledgehammer and a tire and I had him slamming a sledgehammer into the tire and then flipping the tire and then running a distance and coming back and hitting with a sledgehammer. And, and I mean, it was a nine minute workout. It was, it was the most awful workout I've ever had, but it was, he brought his own tools in the bed of his truck. He was always ready if he was, if somebody was saying, Hey, let's get a workout in. He was like, I got the gym in the back of the truck. What do you have with you? What do you have where you can do a workout with people? Because I think that having your own equipment is very valuable. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a lot, but the more you grow, the more you expand, the more equipment you may start to take on. And you may also send links to your clients. If you're going in home where they start buying the equipment and they have the equipment that's going to be used stored in a closet or in their garage and wherever you're going to be training them at their place. So having equipment is vital. So let me run through these things again in order to help you build your business as an independent trainer. One is you got to identify your target market. Number two, be active in your community. Number three, join a networking group. Number four, social media be on it, be professional on the social media, and then do your promotions and advertisements there. Promotional clothing, number five. So wearing promotional wear so that people can start asking you questions instead of you tapping people on the shoulder. And then having your own equipment allows you to be more independent and not have to rely on other people for training. With that said, I want to say thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at Rick 
dot.richie at nasm.org or hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickrichie. Thanks so much for listening. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.